0: Talk with Grace Redman features
1: conversations with fierce and fabulous people from Grace's community and circle who inspire others with their stories of overcoming challenges to create amazing. Grace is an entrepreneur and success coach who works with individuals to diminish their negative mental chatter, boost their confidence, achieve their goals, and increase their prosperity mindset. Get ready for a series of anything goes conversations with remarkable men and women that will get you jazzed for life's unlimited possibilities of success, freedom, and fun. Welcome to Real Talk with Grace Redmond. This is Grace Redman, and I'm very excited to be here with you again on another episode of Real Talk where I get to have real life, raw conversations with incredible people from my circles and communities who have overcome challenges and created amazing. Today, I have a fierce and fiery amazing guest, Chelly Phillips. Chelly is a sweet, tea-sipping, sassy southerner with a passion for helping dynamic, driven, career-minded professionals write their own success stories. She's a coach, corporate trainer, and motivational speaker, as well as the author of two award-winning books, When in Doubt, Delete It, and Get Noticed, Get Hired. Chelly's Successfully Ever After formula is designed to help you go from invisible to irresistible in the workplace. Whether you're looking to land the ideal career, perfectly matched to your skill set, or attract the most talented employees, an irresistible brand is what you need. For over 20 years, she has helped countless people create an authentic personal brand designed to get them noticed and hired. She also leads corporate training for companies, building a culture that encourages employee support, growth, and community. From getting paid what you're worth to creating a culture designed for success, Chelly is on a mission to help others unlock the power of personal branding. And I am going to welcome Chelly right now. Hi, Welcome. Hello. It's great to be here with you today. Oh, thank you so much for joining me. I just I love everything you do and of course, you know, it's right up my alley with the um you know, staffing career. So, I'm really looking forward to our conversation today cuz I know it is definitely going to provide tremendous value um in a few in a few different uh, places.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, we spend you know, the majority of our day at work. And so if you can really love what you do and be surrounded by people that you enjoy being with, I mean, it just, it, it just enhances that much more of your life.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I know that for me, I mean, I used to go to bed looking forward to get up the next day to come in and see my staff and and see, you know, our employees. You definitely, I agree, you have to have a passion and love what you do, or it makes every day a little bit longer,
0: Absolutely. So it can, I said, that's what I tell most of my clients is that I want you to be happy to wake up on Monday and not dreading it. You know, like on a Sunday Mm -hmm. night that you you have to set that alarm and get ready to go again. Absolutely. And so
1: what is one, like what is kind of one of the qualities where we can be that person where Sunday comes and we're just ready to get back to work on Monday? Like what, what could that look like?
0: You know, I think a lot of that has to do with mindset too. You know, in, I I work a lot of people thinking about how the negative chatter in your head and um, like what you're taking in actually really begins to manifest itself and how it begins to grow. And that's what you start focusing on instead of the positive things that are happening. So I think the one thing that people could do to really affect how they feel about, you know, their job and getting up and getting ready to go and that kind of thing is to think about the positives for a while. You know, make that gratitude list that we all hear about and talk about. But what is it about the job that you love? What is it about the coworkers that you enjoy? Maybe you, the commute is what you need to kind of get settled in and listen to your favorite podcast or an audio book or something like that to kind of set the tone for the day. But I think you can really do a lot with mindset to make it where you're looking for the positive and you're looking for the good instead of focusing on the bad. I, I, I agree. I, I
1: love what you just said. Because for so many years I was conditioned to um, look at the negative as a way to motivate me to do things better, not realizing it really goes the other way around. When we yeah, look this at one attitude. We have more energy to kind of improve on the other pieces.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things I do with uh, the training that I do and everything is that I I look at or try to help people look at their strengths instead of their weaknesses. Mm. Because you could spend, you know, the same amount of time working on a weakness and you'll never bring it up to where your strengths are. So if you spend that time even growing that strength more and learning how to use it more effectively, you know, you're going to see that much more growth and, and be able to excel that much more when you're doing things that are in your wheelhouse because that's where your strengths really lie. I love that. That's so valuable.
1: So really, because we're not all going to be great at everything. And so just focusing on our strengths to kind of capitalize on, on those. And just sometimes we have to accept, like, I'm not really great at math. I have to accept it. You know, I'm not going to be an accountant and then it's okay. Mm-hmm. So you t- definitely talk about personal brand. So what is
0: the value in building a personal brand? So I I look at it the same way as you would look at product branding. You know, you are your biggest asset. And so just like Nike, just like Coke, just like any of these places, and spend time and money investing in a brand, which means they're trying to shape how you think about them, how you feel about them and create some kind of emotional reaction because we all... Based on emotion most of the time, not so much need. And so, if you can do the same thing with your personal brand, especially when you're looking for a career, then you're going to be attracting the offers that are most similar to what you want to be doing. Where you can be using your skill set, and it is your way of showing that hiring manager or that recruiter that, hey, I have what you're looking for. Here's how I've done this before. You're shaping that image of you in a way that somebody can. Already already see you as a part of that workforce, working there with them. And that's really the goal is just using that brand to be able to make them see you already in that cubicle or already in that office doing the things that you're doing. And if you're using their language, like if you've researched their culture, if you've researched their website, if you've gone through and looked at press releases and you know how they talk about themselves and they know and you know the culture that their employees have by scoping them out on Glassdoor and different places like that you can really communicate to them in a way that they already see you as an employee because you're mimicking what they've already put out there for others to see. Mm. So the research, I mean, doing the
1: research on the companies that you're interested in and having the knowledge. So when you go into the interview with them, you're speaking their language.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just like, it's just like, you know, when the commercial comes on every year at, I guess it's Christmas time when Coke does all their, the polar bears and the different things like that, or during the um, Super Bowl that just came through some of the, the ads that really resonate are the ones that tug at your heartstrings and they tug at your heartstrings because they're speaking your language. They know that people, you know, resonate with family. They resonate with loyalty. They resonate with, you know, good times and good energy and that kind of thing. And so you're basically, doing the same thing. You're creating a brand for yourself, a campaign for yourself, so that you can get hired and get paid what you're worth. And, you know, if you, if you watch a lot of what is going on in the media, you can actually use some of those same tactics for yourself on your social media and when you're positioning yourself for those interviews and for those um, opportunities that come your way. That's
1: fascinating. So can you give us an example of how, you know, an an individual, someone looking for a new career opportunity, how can they mimic um, what's, you know, some of the media themselves?
0: Like, what would that look like? So let's just take your social media platforms, for instance. You know, a lot of people think, okay, LinkedIn is going to be my career platform and everything else is fair game for me to be personal. Well, we all know that that's not true because, you know, if if someone comes across my desk for me to hire, I'm going to Google and see what all I can find out about them. And I'm going to scope their Facebook. I'm going to scope their Twitter. I'm going to see what they're doing on TikTok. I'm going to look at everything I can. So let's just say I'm hiring somebody that's going to be in communications for the organization. And if I pull up your LinkedIn profile and it's got everything right, it's got, well, this, you know, this is what my experience that I've had. Your summary is catchy and it lets me know that you've got some personality about you. And then I flip over to your Facebook page or your Instagram page and there's grammatical errors and there's a bunch of photos that are questionable and that kind of thing. The two images don't match each other. And the one thing that you want to make sure that you're doing across all platforms is that the image remains constant and consistent, so that you don't appear to be two, three different people depending on what platform that someone's looking at you. If mm-hmm. you look at what major companies do across all platforms, you're going to see a very similar message. You may have different images because of the the market that they're trying to reach. Maybe younger on one demographic or one platform than another, or maybe it's even you know a tweak to the language that speaks more of that cultural reference that you have for the different age groups and things like that. But if you go down to the core message, it's the same across all the platforms. And to mm-hmm. me, that's the best advice that I could give someone that was using personal branding is to make sure that you're authentically representing yourself across all the different platforms. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can vouch for what you said. I mean, do, you know, doing stopping, continuing
1: to do stopping. I absolutely um, check the across the board, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and there have been times where, because I saw something questionable r- right then and there, I, I stopped the, the process. So that's, that's still, and I, and I tell, um, you know, my, I have, you know, young adult men, I tell them the same thing, be careful what you post, because as you go out
0: into the work world, they're looking, they're looking Yeah. It's not something that just goes away. You know, Uh, I mean, like what you post, you know, like what is it? Every every morning you wake up, Facebook is sending you, hey, here's your memories from nine years ago, from 11 years ago, from, you know. And so, I mean, they're out there. You know, if, if a person is really wanting to find out what they can, they can scroll back a lot of years and see. You know, what kind of person you really are? What matters to you? What have you been posting about? You know, are there red flags out there that, you know, maybe, maybe when you were a freshman in college, you did, you know, you said a lot of things, you know, that you might now wish, like, maybe I had toned that down a little, you know, it's, it's a great time to actually go back through and try to maybe do some purging on your, on mm-hmm. your older messages and things like that to make sure that they really are reflecting who you as a person want to be known for in the career space.
1: So for, to, for, for our personal brand, it could be consistent across platforms and also before going in for even the first interview, just knowing the company, knowing the mission,
0: knowing who you're meeting with. Yeah, I think that's super valuable that you spend a little time doing research. You know, A, it's going to help you with the interview because you're going to know more about that company and you can ask intelligent questions. And, you know, you've researched a little about the culture and got a good idea from current employees, like what's it really like to work there? And so you can kind of, you know, you're also interviewing that company when you're there. So the company's brand matters as well, you know, like how people are Representing them online, you know, I tell companies a lot of the time that, you know, your employees really are your brand advocates because people believe them more than they believe what you're putting out as a press release or something like that. So Mm -hmm. if you're going out to dinner with your friends and you sit there and you talk about what a horrible place it is, how my supervisor's a jerk or, you know, how our products are really, you know, kind of cheaply made that's gonna be the image that's left behind. They're not gonna believe what you put out on your Facebook page or on your website because they actually truly know the person that's sitting there in front, in front of them. And so companies can do a lot to turn their employees into brand advocates, which actually yeah. helps them with hiring and retaining also, you know, because you if you already have that employee there, you know the kind of work that they're producing and you saw something in them that was valuable. So more than likely, their friends and associates that they hang around with are going to have those same kind of traits and same type of abilities. And so if you can turn them into the persons that doing the marketing for you, talking about, hey, this is a great place to be. My company is investing in me. You know, we're growing and we're developing together. I can see myself in the future being in the same location and growing with this company. Then it's a win-win for both sides. Mm -hmm. And I remember, is there a term called social currency? I think I
1: read that term in um, the blue, the blue ocean. And that's the social currency is so much, so valuable and powerful. Like you said, it's the word of mouth. And if I'm sitting, you know, with my colleagues and I'm not bad mouthing, but, you know, I'm kind of communicating my experience with a certain company, they're going to take that at face value because, because they trust me. So I like how you worked, worked it both ways for the employer and the employees to, you know, be, um, wouldn't be, you know, open-minded and in integrity because word travels fast.
0: Yes, absolutely. I said, what is it? They say that it takes twenty-one positives to overcome a negative, negative. Mm-hmm. and so I mean, you just think about how much more work you're going to have to do to clean something up instead of right. if you just put it out there positively to begin with.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, and and again, coming from the staffing industry, um, we've we've gone through the back door so many times. If I know someone and I see that that person worked there, I would call um, through the back door, and you always get the information. Of course, sometimes you know you have to experience something for yourself, but more often than not, the information you get, the information I would get would be pretty spot on.
0: Yeah, I said, people are pretty, You know, like especially if something's not going right, you know, Mm -hmm. they're pretty open to sharing that. You know, it's Mm -hmm. it's not like maybe it used to be, is where you kept everything inside and and you didn't talk about the company or you didn't do that because you were you know afraid of what you know might happen or you might lose your job. Today, there's so many places and so many ways for people to share that information out. It's going to come out.
1: Yeah, it does. It does. And also, when something that um, has come up was pay. And kind of, you know, when we go into interviews, a lot of times I remember um, my candidates would be amazing and they'd be afraid to have me ask for for more for them. And I said, well, this is what you're worth. And so what is something someone can do when they're going into an interview process to know, like, this is what I'm worth and this is what I should ask for?
0: Yeah. I tell my clients all the time that no one's going to pay you what you're worth, only what they think you're worth. Mm-hmm. And that's where the branding part really becomes very beneficial when you're, you know, you're getting that first job or whether you're changing careers or whether you're looking for that next opportunity. You know, it's up to you to create that worth and that value for someone to look at and see. Because in an interview situation, they only have a few moments to judge your, you know, like what, what are you actually bringing to the table? Because they've never worked with you. You know, they can do some you know, checking on your your background, your references, that kind of thing. But generally speaking, we're not going to put anybody down that's going to be a bad reference for us. So anybody they talk to, is, and you know that going into this process. So if you're controlling that image and you're really working to be consistent about highlighting achievements that you've had, you know, corporate wins, maybe the fact that you're investing in yourself and in that training and that kind of thing, You know, you're setting yourself up right there to be able to ask for more right out of the gate. And then if you do some research, you know, there's tons of sites out there that you can see what, you know, jobs of a certain title are going for in your area. And it's well worth that to do some of that research ahead of time so that, you know, when you get that offer, is this truly accurate reflection for what's in this market with Mm -hmm. somebody with my experience or should I reach out there and ask for more? You know, I tell them, tell my clients all the time, what's the worst thing to tell you? No. Yes. And if you don't ask, you weren't going to have it anyway. But then at least, you know, going into that, okay, is this what I, am I willing to take this for this? Or do I think there's better out there for me to be able to continue looking and going after? And, you know, I think a lot of it is fear that keeps people from asking that and negotiating from that, you know, that very first, you know, you, you get so wrapped up in the job search process that it's like, oh, I got to take whatever they offer me is, you know, like I've got to take it because they offered. Well, no, you don't. You know, that's when I tell my clients to take Mm -hmm. a step back, really take a day or two and think about that offer that they've given you. And then present a counter that's fair. You know, if it's not, if if their offer isn't, then counter back. Maybe, maybe they can't give you more in salary, but they could offer flex time for you so that you can work two days at home. Or maybe you can, you know, have Thursday you leave early on Thursday afternoon, so you still make a son or daughter's sports event or something like that. You know, there's other ways that you can work benefits into those offer that, can actually lead to a higher quality of life than necessarily say another $50, hundred dollars a week in a paycheck would be.
1: Mm -hmm. So getting creative with what you ask for. And you mentioned something about fear and, and I can, again, you know, I saw so many um, candidates just in a place of fear, like they didn't want to lose an offer. And I also would say like, if, if you have to believe in yourself, what's the fear here?
0: Yeah, you know there, and you know I think the what is there five types of fears. You know, like fear of failure, fear of success. You know, there's a lot of different types of fear, but I I think fear really boils down to that lack of self-confidence, whether there's been something that's happened previously, you know, maybe you had a bad boss, maybe you had a bad supervisor, maybe you had a teacher years ago that said you can't write, so you should never do anything that you have to write. And it's stuck with you all of these years. And maybe this new position says, oh, you're going to have to write proposals. You know,
1: Mm.
0: you know, there's all kinds of things that can come back. And sometimes there's things that we don't even, know are floating around in our minds, but right. they manifest when these certain, you know, these certain situations come about. And so, I, you know, the thing that I do most with my clients is that, you know, like one of the things I tell them to do is if they're getting ready to do this, you know, talk to three or five people that know you, ask them for the first five words that come to mind about you. And that. so then you have that that positivity going into it. These are the positive things that people think about me. You know, um, ask some coworkers. Ask you know some some not necessarily your best friend. I mean, you can ask them too, but <laughs> ask some people that are a little outside of your circle a little bit about what's the first thing you think of when you think of me in a work situation. And I think you're going to be surprised. I think more than not, you're going to get some very positive feedback that people will be you know like you're you're great to work with because you're you're you know you motivate the team. Or maybe you're very detail-oriented and you keep us on task. Or maybe you have a way with numbers and you can make the budget do things that we didn't think it could ever do. You know, mm-hmm. we all have those little gifts and talents, but they get lost. You know, I, the, the thing is, I think really successful companies really do is they create a culture where f- failure is not an issue because none of us ever grow and none of us ever learn new skills if we're afraid to fail and try something new. So you have to kind of be, same thing when you're looking for a new position, you're comfortable where you were because you know the day in, you know the day out, you know the people that you're working with. And so there is that little bit of fear of the unknown if I take this leap and I try this new opportunity, what if it's not what I think it is? Or what if it's, you know, what if there's more that I need to, I should have, I should have just tried more hard here and and everything would have been great. And so, you know, there's a lot of these little games that we play with ourselves that keep us from moving forward. And I think, you know, like we can all just look at it and go that you never know till you take that opportunity what's going to be on the other side of the door. Yes. And, you know, the, the plus side is, is that it may be the most awesome thing that you've ever had. It may be the best opportunity that's been out there waiting for you. Or if it's not, maybe it's preparing you for the next one that's coming along.
1: Mm-hmm. That, that's an incredible way to, to look at things. And I learned later in life that there is no failure. It's only feedback. And because I come from a, you know, a community and a family of perfectionism, like you could not fail, but how unrealistic is that? I like, you know, the failures feedback because how are we going to learn?
0: Yeah. You know, um, and, and it's super easy, like if you get stuck up on something like that, that it's easy for that to be what you focus on is like, and especially if you have a supervisor or a leader that's not equipped to give feedback in a way. Um, I, I tell a lot of my clients a story that happened to me personally. I left a job after 20 years because of a um, a CEO that I had. Um, we had a management change come in and the whole philosophy of the organization came through and I was doing some work and just knew that the guy was like, you're not getting it. You don't appreciate it. You know, a lot of what I did was in PR and marketing and not everything we do has an ROI to it. And he comes from a financial background. And so everything had to have, you know, what are we getting out of it? What are we getting out of it? And so um, one evening I was sitting at home and I actually got an email from him that he basically asked me, did your skills come from a box of Fruit Loops? You know, and I'd been in this job for 20 years and, and I don't say this to brag or anything, but, you know, I had industry awards. I, you know, I've been part of several industry um, boards and and helping planning things that were going on and, and launching for our industry. And so externally, I should have known
1: mm-hmm. that,
0: hey, girl, you got this going on. You know it's what you're doing. He's the one on. that's, an, you know, he's the one that's an idiot. But what really happened is after three or four months of that kind of stuff constantly being put in front of you, what I focused on was him and his message. And, you know, but that one email was finally the kick that I needed to be like, you know what? Yeah, maybe it did come from a box of Fruit Locks. I am the prize inside that we used to dig for when I used to get the cereal when I was a kid. My brother and I'd fight over the box, you know. And so. Yeah. You know, it's like I had I had to have that one moment where it was like, girl, you know, pick yourself back up and think about this. Realistically, you are worth more than what he's giving you. And you're Mm. worth not necessarily in money, but in time and attention and the listening to the ideas and the respect and making me feel like I was a part of, you know, of a team that was working together. And had I not had that moment, I might still be in that same place today because mm-hmm. after you've been someplace for 20 years, you know, you start thinking, well, I've got retirement. I've got this. I've got, you know, people are going to look at me crazy if I leave now. And at the time, over 40. And, you know, there's all the stereotypes of if you're looking for a job after you're 40, you know, like you're never going to find me thing because they don't want to invest in you because you only have so many years left. Which like is a myth. It's a myth. <laughs> yeah, like who knew we were going to age out at 40, right? I'm like, no, I still think I got a lot left to give and a lot left to, to prove. And so, you know, I, I say that too, like if you're in that kind of situation right now, you know, just just take a step back and, and reevaluate. Who are you listening to and why are you listening to them? And take a minute and and revel in, no, you got this. There is a lot of worth and value to you. And that's why I said, you know, sometimes you've got to reach back out to your friend group and get that bump that you need of like, no, tell me. I, I need some reinforcement here. Tell me what I'm good at. Tell me, you know, like what I'm doing. And there's nothing wrong with that. And then the other thing I tell people all the time is to keep a folder on your computer, or if you're like me, I'm old school, I still have my planners, because I can't give up my paper calendars. And, you know, every week, I make a note of the wins that I had this week. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: sometimes they're small, like, you know, like, maybe I got my blogs out on time, or maybe, you know, I got a, a, you know, a kudos from one of my past clients that they're in the job, and they're still loving it. And, you know, those are all wins, they may not be, you know, I got the next book contract or something like that. That's a huge major win. But all the wins add up. And, you know, on those days where you're struggling to go, how do I present myself? How am I going to tell somebody what I really need and what I'm really worth and what I can bring to the table? You know, take a few minutes and go back through that win list. And you're going to feel yourself get pumped up. And you're going to start to even find things that you connect to the projects that you're doing now that you can bring up and that you can reinforce the positive that you're doing. And, you know, we forget what happened two years ago or what happened three years ago. And so unless you have this, when you're looking for a new career or you're looking to make some changes, it's so much easier when you're building out your marketing material, like your your resumes and your, your cover letters and things like that. If you have this real life list of wins that you can go back in there and quantify, this is yeah. why I know I'm good at social media. This is why I know I'm great at finance. This is why I know I'm great at team management and, you know, And so there's a lot of different things, but the worst thing you can do is focus on that negative and stay stuck and let it continue to fester and really, really take the joy out of showing up every day.
1: Mm. And so most of us typically, I know I've been that way too focus on that one negative and I completely disregarded all of the successes and accomplishments. I think just in the past year or six months, I've, um, been aware of that and started to write, which I haven't actually written my successes down in a little while. So how often do you think, you know, we should do that? Is it daily, weekly,
0: monthly? You know, I I think it depends on where you're at in your career or where you're at in life. You know, if you're at a low point and and you're kind of struggling right now, do it weekly. Or even, you know, at the end of every day, right, one good thing that happened that day to you, um, almost like a gratitude journal, but more, more so about a, a work win so much. And, you know, whether it is I handled a really nasty call today, um, you know, on the phone, or maybe I got everything finished on time, or I sent an email to a client that was being a total jerk that I just had to put them in their place, but I did it in a nice way and got the problem resolved, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is that day. Day. But um, you know, realistically, I would say once a month, take a look back at your calendar, what all's happened, and and make that list, you know, just drop down two or three things that these were great wins for me this month. You know, if you're starting out, those wins may be kind of small. And that's great to be able to go back and see how your career has progressed over the years, if you've tracked it and see how your responsibilities have changed, how they've grown, you know, and how your accomplishments have continued to move and evolve because of that same kind of thing. We forget it, like I said, if we don't keep up with it. And so, you know, having that in a written form or in an Excel sheet or just, you know, a Word doc or a note file on your phone that you just kind of keep adding to, whatever works for you works. But, you know, when you're having that bad day or you're having, you know, you're getting ready for an evaluation or you're getting ready to go into an interview or something like that, take a minute, pop that file back open and read it. And you'll feel yourself start to revel in. Yes, I know these things. And, And you truly will radiate that confidence when you know, when when it comes from within, when you're in those situations. I love that. And that resonated for me. And
1: something that popped in was, I don't know if it was Marie Forleo that said this or someone else, it was it was the small wins that add up to the bigger wins. It's not like the big win, like we want this big win. However, it's not the big win. It's like all of those little wins create this. And I think we take for granted all those little celebrations because we want this big boom, but the boom is created from all of these little wins. It's like- this, Yeah, it's just this like a
0: kid, you know, you- you start crawling first before you ever take your first steps. And, you know, the first steps even are wobbly and you might take one or two and then you fall down and then you have to pull yourself back up again. And then, you know, eventually you're walking and then you start running. And so, but you don't get there from, you know, from crawling on the floor to running that first race Mm -hmm. in, in overnight. And so, each thing builds on each other. And, you know, that's what we tend to forget, you know, throughout the way is that, you know, we didn't get to where we are today without everything that we've gone through before we got here.
1: Yes. Yes. And, and it's amazing when we look back, I know, as I look back, I can see, you know, something has your back. And I remember, um, we talked a little bit about, you know, you being with the CEO for 20 years and you were just, you know, feeling it and ready to make a move. Tell us the story about how you just kind of just took the leap and, and where you went from there.
0: It was scary. Yeah. So, you know, at first it was very emotional because I'd gotten that email. And and I don't know if you're like I am or not. But, I, I mean, I actually cried all the way home that night because I was so mad you know, Mm. it wasn't tears of like um, sadness. It was just, I was so frustrated and so mad. And, and that's just kind of the way it all came out. And, and so sitting there that night dwelling on it and, and I woke up the next morning and I actually had an email from a colleague of mine, hadn't talked to them in a couple of months. They weren't somebody that I had a conversation with, you know, like every week or anything like that. But we, we had known each other for several years. And and you know through conferences and different things like that had gotten to know each other and out of the blue she sent me this job posting and said hey i don't know if you've ever thought about leaving where you are but this would be an awesome opportunity and i know that you would thrive here and you know i look back now and go this is total god moment you know and you know like he knew i needed something to cause me to move so i you know the the email came through and then he laid the path out for the next change, but you know, like I said, you start thinking about it. Twenty years there, I've got my retirement here, my family's here. You know, do I really want to uproot and move and do something else? And what's it going to mean? And what are people going to think? And what are they going to say? And you know, but as each step of the process kept just falling into place, I mean, it it was very funny how um, the interview came about. I was offered the job. A A friend of mine's daughter had an apartment that she needed to sublease because she Mm -hmm. just bought a house in the same town that I would need to be living in. And so, not knowing anything about the area, you know, I had to sell a home before I, you know, could buy another one. And so I was able to sublease her apartment, be five minutes from work, and not have to worry about not knowing my way around a new place or anything. I mean, it was, it literally was, you know, you felt like God was walking you through this process. He said, if you'll just trust me, I got this, I can make it all Mm. happen for you. Mm. And, you know, and I firmly believe that, you know, and it was one of those things. Had I not trusted in that inner feeling and, and then that knowledge that there was something greater than me leading this process, I'd still be stuck where I was today probably or, or not. But I wouldn't have the awesome opportunity that I had because taking that opportunity not only led to the great new job, but it led to the chance to write my books. It led to the chance to be able to start my own business and, and work with other people who were facing career changes and, you know, doing corporate training to be able to enhance the, the quality of the time that we spend at work for people and, All it was, it was a matter of saying yes to one move that opened Mm -hmm. the door to all of these others. And, you know, I think a lot of people miss out on life because they're afraid of what's behind that door. And they don't see the amazing opportunity that could come because they stay rooted in that fear and don't trust the process. That right there
1: is what I live for those stories of inspiration, because was it a coincidence that that next day after, you know, you got that email that your friend reached out? And I just I'm getting emotional because it was all divinely timed. And
0: you use the word trust. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you have to trust in that timing. And you have to trust that, you know, that the vision is larger than you. And, you know, I I was raised in a family where, you know, faith was important and, and, and taught that early on. And, you know, but it seems like the older that we get, sometimes it's harder to rely on that because you have so much of the world around you where, Mm -hmm. you know, all the little voices are saying, no, you're losing your mind. Don't leave a stable, something that's great for a maybe opportunity or something that you don't know what's going to be like, you know, what is it? The devil's, you know, the the devil and what you Mm -hmm. don't know and what you do know. And, and so, you know, you know what you have where you are, but you know, it could be so much better in the next place if you just give it a chance and see.
1: Mm, I love that. So, for someone who's watching, who is in a situation and you know, that isn't ideal, and they are sitting in that fear, what is one piece of advice that you can offer to help them kind of start shifting out of that fear?
0: So, the first thing I would say is you have to believe in yourself first, and to take that take that moment and to really ground yourself in the knowledge that you are worth something more. If you're in a situation that you're not thriving in, if it's not offering you the right opportunities, if um, the company's not investing in your training and building you up, or you have a supervisor or something that is, you know, just making it hard to show up every day, whatever the situation is, take a step back and know that you have the worth inside of you. And you've got Mm -hmm. to believe that to begin with. And then once you once you're ready, once you've had those few days to kind of process that, make your list of all the things that you bring to the table, that the value that you bring, the years of experience, not even just at work, but the world experience that you have from volunteering, from raising a family, from from church activities, whatever it is, because all of this can tie into your next step and just make this list of all the strengths that you have. And then really reach out to your network, because you'll probably be surprised at how many supportive people that you have around you. And you can do it in a way that remains kind of quiet from your work network, so that if you don't want people at work to know that you're looking for a new opportunity or, or making some changes like that, you can reach out to your personal contacts and say, things are not going like I want them to go. I'm looking for my next opportunity. Here's my top five skills. Do you know of anything that I should look into? Have you heard of a position? Or if you hear of one, will you send it my way? And that's an easy thing to kind of dip your toe in. And you're not having to go full force. I'm going to announce it on social media. I'm ready to leave. You know, you can kind of control it yourself. You can manage the people that know. And you can gradually get comfortable with that okay, I'm ready to make this step. I'm ready to, you know, really fall into this next chapter of my life and see where it's going to lead. And that would be my best piece of advice is is really just, you know, believe in yourself, believe in your worth and know that there is an opportunity out there for you. And the, the baby steps and what
1: I've learned is once we start taking baby steps towards a vision, God, the universe conspires with us and the right opportunities and possibilities start showing up. And again, it's, you can't make these things up. It's not a coincidence. It's, you know, it's God working with us, Mm -hmm. the universe working with us, moving us towards the next, you know, the next possibility. And I've learned as I've done that, I've gained confidence. If, if, If I was in a place where I wasn't confident, and then I started reaching out, networking and connecting, it community filled me and made me feel better.
0: Yeah, that's what I said, you know, like we really are lucky to have cheerleaders around us, you know, and you don't yeah. really know what you have until you start activating it. And and, and when you're, it's, it's hard sometimes to share what you think may not be the positive side of life. You know, it's, it's, it's not Instagrammable, you know, whatever. It's not the pretty picture of it. Everybody wants to see. But if you've got those two or three people that you can be totally real with and be like, Hey, this is my situation. And I really need some help. And like, can you reach out to people, you know, can you share my information with them? Can you see if there's other opportunities? You know, I, I, I've been blessed. And I know other people have these people in their life to know that there's a circle of peeps around you that, will help you and will be that shoulder that can, you can lean against and kind of get yourself motivated and get yourself built back up when you've been through a struggle.
1: Yeah. And that's, again, goes back to, yes, I'm so blessed to also have people like that and us being open to it. Because so I know as um, there was times that I wasn't open to it because I felt like we had to do, I had to do everything on my own, but again, going back to the, the wealth that's in community it, is incredible.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, what's gone on the last, you know, 18, 20, 24 months, where people feel so isolated from each other has not helped the situation a lot. You know, people have felt like they can't connect with people that they can't be out, you know, you know, reveling in, you know, I think the human nature is we need people in our life, you know, like yes. we are relationship people. And, you You know, for you to thrive, you've got to have that community around you. And so I think it's going to take some people a little bit of time, too, to get used to reaching back out and being part of those circles, you know, because of everything that's been going on. And, you know, sometimes it's okay. Start small. Like we said, that baby step, you know, pick Mm -hmm. one or two, you know, Mm -hmm. have somebody call them up, go have coffee with them, you know, just share with them and, you know, and return the favor. Ask what's going on in their life, you know. You know, people feel like it's a two way street. They're even that much more, you know, receptive yeah. to helping you if they know that they've got someone here that down the road, maybe that I may need help too. And this person will be somebody that I can count on.
1: And it goes back to relationship, community connection. We need it. We definitely need it. And I'm looking forward to getting back out there now as we move forward um, with what's going on. So it's been amazing to have, I mean, so many great nuggets so many great nuggets and oh, it's been a great talk. I mean, so like there, I want to really go back and even make notes because you really brought some really incredible points up and there's someone who's watching either right now with us live or on the replay What's a few ways they can work with
0: you and how can they reach you? So you can find me on, I have a website, ChellyPhillips.com, or I'm on all, pretty much all the social channels. LinkedIn is where I do a lot of my career blogging and I offer a lot of free resources that people can download and use. Um, My books are available. Anywhere you buy books, normally Amazon, all the, all the big box kind of places and that kind of thing. And so, um, and I, I am very social on social media. So if you ask a question, I'll more than likely answer you right there on the platform. So feel free to connect. I love that personal connection, Shelly.
1: And I'm actually going to, we had some, uh, Tammy was with us today and I kind of want to read what, um, she was taught. She, I, I walked, she says, I walked away from a job I loved without another. It was a total walk of faith like you shelly shelly management change and i was bullied horrifically so again just walking away Um, And I know for Tammy, everything worked out the way it was supposed to, just taking that leap of faith. That's a beautiful share. And
0: I think that's important too, that, you know, when, when that stuff is happening to you, you feel like you're the only person in the world that's happening to, and you have to deal with it on your own. And I think just hearing people like me, like Tammy sharing her stories and that, you know, that there's other people that have gone through out there and walked through that and came out in a much better place on the other side. Mm -hmm. You can kind of pull from that strength too, and use it to be kind of your motivation, that you do deserve more.
1: Yes, yes. And thank you so much today for sharing and being vulnerable and sharing the story of, you know, being in the same position for 20 years. And then now, I mean, you're, you know, a very successful executive and business owner. And what an incredible story. I'm just grateful to have had you on today and 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 sh- shared everything you did with us. Like I said, I'm going to go back and take notes.
0: <laughs> I just appreciate you having me and I hope someone found good value in today's Absolutely. conversation
1: absolutely. There's so much of value. And thank you for all of you that joined us live. I really appreciate you. And for those of you who are watching the replay, thank you for watching and listening. Cause I know there are so many other podcasts you can listen to. I'm very grateful and appreciate you. And if you have questions, definitely um, on the replay, put them in the chat, both, um, Chelly and I will come back to those. And again, um, thank you so much. And I wish you an incredible rest of the week. All right. Take care. guys. Thank you so much for listening today. I am so grateful for you. I'd like to show you my appreciation by gifting you a free forgiveness self-hypnosis audio download. Part of living the fun and fabulous life is practicing forgiveness. Forgiveness can be such a long and challenging process. My intention is that this forgiveness audio will help you in practicing forgiveness, especially with yourself. Grab it by visiting daretoachieve.com backslash forgiveness. For more inspiring tips, make sure to connect with me on social media. Drop me a line on Facebook or Instagram at Grace Redmond Dare to Achieve. Until next time, keep moving forward towards living your fabulous life.